0: I was
1: buried beneath my shame Who could carry that kind of weight It was my tool Till I made I was breathing but alive. All my failures I tried to hide. It was my dream till I made. You come my
2: Amen. Wow, the one we worship is the one who can make things happen that we can't make happen. Amen. Good morning, good morning. Um, we're going to be on page 646 of the church's Bible, really close to the middle of the book. Uh, 646, Psalm 42. A uh, real quick uh, reminder, we're praying for Jesse, Sandra's dad, been in the hospital for a couple of days, or went in yesterday? Yes, Swelling and all that fluid. And so they're getting some of that fluid off of him. And so doing better today. That's awesome. And Linda's still struggling with her foot. Her foot is still hurting her. She went to the doctor this week, and I think they tried some things, and she's still struggling with that foot that she had surgery on. So we'll pray for Linda this week as well. We're going to be in Psalm 42, verses 1 through 5. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they continually say to me, Where is your God? When I remember these things, I pour up my soul within me, for I used to go with a multitude. I went with them to the house of God with a voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept a pilgrim feast. Why are you cast down, O oh my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Amen. <clears throat> oh God, we just bless you. This song is such a reminder that only you can call us out of the grave. Wow. Things that we can't even understand, Lord, because you are so holy and so powerful and so righteous. But Lord, that's why we're here today. We are hungry for more. We're hungry for you to teach us and to show us more from your precious word. And so God, I pray today as we come, uh, that our hearts would just cry out and pant for you. As one would thirst for water, Lord, I pray that we have a just a hunger for more of who you are and a thirst for more of what you have to give us for our soul. We bless you today. We pray for these, these requests today. I, pr- I thank you for already answering our prayer and giving um, Jesse some relief today. God, we pray that uh, we pray for physical things because that's what we understand the most. We do pray physically he does he get better. But Lord, above all, we pray spiritually that you would bring an amazing healing to him and his family uh, through this difficult time. So uh, we also lift Linda up to you, Lord, as well, Lord. We know uh, she's hurting. We pray, Lord, that you would help her with this pain. But God, I pray that she would feel your presence in her spirit and that she would be renewed by seeing your presence and feeling your presence in her life. Uh, Lord, we know it's not just about what we see in this world. It's about what we can learn from you and what your spirit will reveal and show us each day. Lord, we, just, we beg and plead with you as we pant for this water, Lord, this picture, that we pray your spirit would be here today and that you would <clears throat> join us and that you would teach our hearts. Lord, help us to open our hearts to understand things that we're not capable of understanding without your spirit. Help us to get it. Help us to have ears to hear what you're saying and eyes to see as we, as we first come and give you all praise and glory for the amazing God you are, We lift these prayer requests up to you. We we pray for others that are traveling and gone. Pray you continue to bless them um, with rest and relaxation and safe travel and and safety in these times. Pray, God, that you would be with, with all those that are not here today. You know where they are, and you know their needs. We trust. In your holy name, Jesus, we lift all this up. Amen.
3: Well, I'm excited to um, have a testimony for uh, out of our Arizona group, so if you'd like to be seated, Brittany is going to come on the screen, and, and we're excited about that, that uh, we'll be able to have her here with us, and uh, so she's going to give a testimony over some things that she's been concerned with uh, over the last few months as they've been working through some different places. So um, I know you'll be blessed by her testimony.
4: Good morning, church. Um, it's so nice to be able to give you a short testimony about the things that have been going on here in Arizona. Um, I believe this testimony, I'm hoping, will be a word of encouragement. Um, it will strengthen your faith as it has strengthened my faith. Um, and I'm just excited to share it with you. Uh, Thank you so much for your prayers and thoughts as we've been here and continue to be here. And we just appreciate your ongoing prayers. Um, This journey has been wild and crazy, and it has been challenging, and it has been fun, and it has been so many things. Um, And we really just appreciate your prayers as we continue to align with God's will. Pain is increasing. I'm truly by November um, of last year, I was just crying out to the Lord. I was like, Lord, like, and and I had multiple conversations with Deb telling her, you know, I'm just so frustrated. Like, I don't know what to do. This is so discouraging. And she would just say, the Lord is going to, he's going to take care of it. You just have to trust and you have to follow his will. And if he's told you to stay, then that's what you have to do. And so we came to Abilene for Thanksgiving, and I felt like I was very close to the end of my rope um, with this job. And I was just, my discouragement was just increasing. My pain was increasing. Everything was just, you know, continuing to worsen. And so um, we come to Abilene, and on um, 1125 so november the 25th which was the day before my birthday i had a dream about this job that i'm in and i had a dream that the lord was going to get me out of the job Um, and it was very clear and he gave me a picture of an oasis in the middle of a desert which i find to be amazing because we live in the desert um quite practically but it was a symbol of him saying, I'm going to bring you a blessing in the middle of this barren land. I'm going to send you a blessing. And I'm going to get you out of this position. So it strengthened me and it gave me encouragement right when I needed it. And even though I knew that that I didn't know when that was going to be. I mean, I didn't know if he, if he was saying In six days, in six months, in six years. But I knew that he'd given me a promise that I could hold on to. And it helped me and it strengthened me for the rest of the journey. So we come back home after Thanksgiving. And I'm still there. And, you know, nothing is changing. Things are just continuing to be the way they are. And on December the 3rd, I remember very distinctly, and I journaled about it, I cried physically and I, I told Adam I said, I just don't know how much longer I can do this. I'm just I'm hurting so badly and you know this situation is just so dire and and all these things so that was kind of the next pivotal thing that happened. and then exactly one week later, so seven days after that on December the 10th, I had a dream that was very very clear and the Lord showed me what was about to occur. And I was on the back of a vehicle and he was driving, the Lord was driving and we were going on this crazy journey and it was sunny outside and I was, it was a, it was an open vehicle. So it was almost like we were on a motorcycle and he was driving me through this just wild and crazy uh, land. And there were lots of twists and turns. And I remember very distinctly at the end there were other people in cars in front of us and they were having a really hard time during the end of this journey and there was mud and it was just really bumpy and he stopped the vehicle and he said, okay, hold on. And so I remember holding on and then he very gently got me through the journey and I didn't jostle. I didn't fall out. I didn't fly out of the car. Nothing happened. It was just a real smooth transition So I woke up the next morning and I was like, Lord, thank you. I knew, my spirit knew, the Holy Spirit told me that that was him saying, we're about to embark on this journey where you're going to be out of this situation. You're not going to have to deal with this anymore. That very day, I had a meeting with an employee at my company and she is a Christian and we had been able to freely talk about the Lord and those kinds of things, which was really rare for me to be able to do in, in my company that I was working for. But there were people that worked for me that the Lord for sure was also using me in their lives and them in mine. And so this particular person, I was educating her on some changes that were going on in the company and how it would impact her job. And in the middle of me talking, she says, I have something to tell you, but I really don't want to tell you. And I'm like, this is strange. What in the world is going to come out of her mouth? And she says, there's a job opening at a company called Christian family care. And it's very similar to the job that you're doing. And she goes, I didn't want to tell you because I really don't want you to leave. And I feel like you'll get the job. And I said, Oh, that's interesting. So I had this dream, right? The night before. And then this happens and it's really out of the blue. And so I, I tell her, you know, I'm going to pray about that. And I'm going to see if that's what the Lord has for me. Um, and so I immediately called Deb and I said, Hey, like, I want to tell you, these are the dreams I've had. And I told her about the first dream and I told her about the second dream. And then I told her what happened. And she said, Brittany, I don't really know what more, um, confirmation you need. It seems to me like, that's the Lord giving you confirmation that you should apply for the job. And she said, if, if he doesn't want you to have the job, then he'll shut it down and you won't get it. And so I immediately contacted my employee back. I submitted my resume. She submitted it for me because she knew the owners of the company and thus began a six week journey of being hired at Christian family care. And that even was super challenging. So, um, I submitted my resume and then um, I had to deal with a recruiter from that point on. And I had an interview pretty quickly with the president of the company and um, two of his vice presidents. That went very well. And I thought, oh, I got the job. Well, lo and behold, they're like, yes, we'd like you. We want to do a second interview. This time you're going to be interviewing with some more people in our company. So, um, you know, another week goes by and I have another interview. And this process of interviewing went on for six weeks. I had five total interviews. And each time I would have an interview, I'd think, oh, I'm going to get the job today. And each time I would think that, they would say, no, we want to interview you again. And so... (laughs) I was trying so hard not to be disheartened, but I also knew what the Lord had said. And I really believed I was going to get this job. I really did. I believed that this was the job that the Lord had set aside for me. And um, at the same time, you know, there were moments where my faith was weak and I would think like, Okay, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm not good enough for this job. Maybe it's not the job the Lord has. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I didn't hear correctly. And Satan tries to come in and deceive us, right? And he tries to make us question what the Lord has told us and what he's promised us. All of this is also lining up with my ownership in my current company because You know, just because I leave the company as an employee doesn't mean that my ownership is gone. I would still have to own part of the company. And I knew that the Lord, if he was going to move me on, I felt very confident that he wanted me to have nothing to do with the company moving forward. Because I knew what was going on there and I knew that things were happening that were not good and that were not right and were not not of the Lord and that he would not want me to be a part of it. And so I just knew that the Lord was going to clean all that up. He was going to get me not only out of the company as an employee, but also out of the company as an owner. And he did. But it required that I had to be patient through that six-week time because he was lining up everything else that needed to occur for me to not have an ownership stake in that company anymore. And it all lined up perfectly. And so uh, not last Monday, but the Monday before, Um, I am no longer an owner of this company, and I was able to give my 30 day resignation a month ago, and the transition was as smooth as it was in my dream. It looked like it was going to be very rocky, it looked like it was gonna be real scary, and it wasn't. The Lord just got me right out of it, and there was no problem at all. And so I just say all of this to you to say, be encouraged. Ask the Lord for guidance in your life. Ask him everything that you want him to direct you on. He will direct you and he will give you an answer. And when you ask, ask expecting an answer. Not that he has to give you an answer, but I say that because we have to have the faith that the Lord will guide us and will show us the things that he wants us to see. In a real quick way of closing, I want to tell you that on... Um, February the 15th, I had a dream, Um, and the Lord pointed me through my dream to Zechariah 4, uh, verses 1 through 14. And I would challenge you to read those verses and to really pray about that and to see what the Lord is showing you, if anything. Because the Lord was showing me that He remembers. He remembers the promises He makes to us, not that He ever forgets them but he remembers them all the time and that when he makes a promise, he always, always keeps his promises. So I just want you to be encouraged by this story and by this testimony, because it has so strengthened my faith and it it just reminds me just like everything he's done. Every time he does something so miraculous, it just reminds me of the fact that he loves us and he is always good and he always knows what's best. Even when things are challenging, He's doing it for his purpose, and we have to be okay with that. So thank you for hearing what I had to say today, and I pray that the Lord will use his message to touch you in a way that is miraculous and that will grow you and deepen your faith as well. Many blessings.
0: Loud. To cover all the. I'm not a warrior,
5: I'm too afraid to lose I feel unqualified for what you're calling me to. Alone with your strength, I've got no excuse Because broken people are exactly who you use So give me faith a lot, Daniel, in the lion's den In the wilderness Give me a heart like David More be my defense So I can face my giants With confidence You took a shepherd boy And made him a king So I'm gonna trust you And give you everything Jesus, I'm going to sing and shout and shake the wall. won't stop until I see him fall. I'm going to stand up, step out when you call Jesus. Give me faith like Daniel in the lion's den. Give me hope like Moses in the wilderness. Give me a heart like David. Lord, be mine if it fails. So I can face my giants with confidence yeah. Give me faith like Daniel in the lion's den Give me hope like Moses in the wheel Giants
0: with calm food.
1: Once again, I say amen, and it's still raining, but as the thunder rolls, I barely hear you whisper through the rain, I'm with you, and as your mercy falls. as your mercy falls I'll raise my hands and praise the God who gives and takes away and I'll praise you in this storm
3: Good morning. morning. Well, over the past few weeks, we've been studying in the book of John, but um, starting last week, last Sunday, God God began to take me somewhere else. So our message today is not going to be in the book of John, but if you'll turn with me in your Bibles to page 646, we are going to be in Psalms 42 today. And, um, you know, it's really important when we come to this time of worship to be able to understand what we're singing and to join in with the words that are being sung. And I know that we've taught many times about uh, things that we align with and things that we don't align with, and so I'm always very conscious about the words that we're singing. So... Last week, we sang a song that we've sung several times. It's called Waterfall by Chariot Gale, and uh, every time I would sing that song, I would be a little unsure. There were things I was sure about, but there were things I was unsure about, and um, so as we left last week, the Lord began to talk to me, and he said, it's important that you know what you're aligning with when you're singing these songs he said so I want you to study about this place of this song called waterfall so I tried to look up I thought well the simplest thing would be look up and see what she says that she's writing this song about (laughs) and there's nothing out there that I could find so now I was at the Lord's mercy to lead me to what he wanted me to hear and understand about this song So we're going to have a teaching over this, and then the song that we'll play is going to be Waterfall, and I pray that it will have a much deeper and different meaning to you today. So... um, the Lord led me, when I began to look up the word waterfall, There, it's not in the Bible very often. In fact, there's only two times, and one time is in this place of Psalms 42, the other one is actually not used the word waterfall, but gutter, and so um, this is the place the Lord has led me to understand, so Bill read this for us, but I want to take this and work through each verse. As as we start to look at this, you may see that right above the verse, it actually has a little uh, explanation. It says to the chief musician, a contemplation of the sons of Korah. So the sons of Korah were actually out of the Levitical family, and they were singers in the temple. So they were musicians, and they're writing this. Probably the chief musician may have written this, but we're not real sure, and we don't know exactly what the circumstances were that were going on when this was written. There are different thoughts out there, but I don't think that's important to go through today what different thoughts are about what was going on. But I think you're going to see as we come through this what God wants to speak to us today. So starting in verse 1, let's read down through verse 1 and verse 2. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? So... The place that God began to show me started right here in the beginning. It says, as the deer pants for the water brooks. So some people thought maybe that this was a place where the deer, and uh, I even looked up this word deer. It it is actually called a heart. And so it's a big deer with lots of big horns on it and would look much like our deers but a little bit bigger and some people kind of felt like this deer was being chased and so a deer that's being chased is panting and um, out of fear and and out of worry and I think there's some truth in that that I think as we read this on you will see that that's part of what I believe is going on is that some wild animal is chasing this deer and he's panting, he's, he's fearful, he's out of breath, he's been running so hard and I think that has a good place for us to understand. But I think another place that many people believe has a valuable place as well And they believed that it was more of a drought and that there wasn't much water around and that the deer had been walking and walking and walking and looking for water. I think this probably is where I would see this message today is that this deer is just worn out. He's tired, but he's so tired thirsty you know I don't know if you've ever been really really thirsty but we here in the United States are so water is so plentiful that we don't ever get thirsty and I was thinking about this as I study because even interesting enough this time last year as you remember we had the the freeze and we didn't have water easily available but how many of you had bottled water and plenty of it? There wasn't really one day that I went that I was really thirsty. There's times that I've fasted, and it's interesting because you get hungry when you're fasting, but oh my goodness, thirst comes in a different way. You get really thirsty. But what I would say about that is even in a short span of time, I'm able to have water. So I'm not thirsty to the point that I am desperate to have a drink, that I know that there's not much water out there. That's the place where this writer is writing from. The writer of this Psalms is saying that his soul pants for God in this way, that he is so thirsty. That he is so, uh, so dry, so empty, that he needs God to meet him right here. So I see this place, and it says, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, oh God. So I see that he is a man that may have known God in a deep way, but He's in a drought. He's in a difficult time. And I think sometimes we find ourselves there. We're going through difficult situations. The world is after us, and things are chasing us. But even beyond that, we find ourselves in a drought from the pressure, I mean, from the release that God can bring from the pressures of this world. I think that's where He is. Verse 2 says my soul thirsts for God for the living God when shall I come and appear before him so he's saying again he's saying my thought my soul is so thirsty for you lord i think i've been there many times in my life when i was so thirsty when i needed a touch from god there's situations going on And I think that is true with each one of us even here today, that things are happening in our lives that each other may not know about, but you know about them, and your soul is thirsty. Thirsty for the Lord, thirsty for God. But he says, when shall I come and appear before you? I think he's longing that God would call him to this place where he can appear before him where he can be in fellowship with God. But he's longing for this place. Verse 3 says, My tears have been my food day and night, while they continually say to me, Where is your God? He says, My tears have been my food. In other words, have you ever been so desperate for God, so hurting, so challenged by the things that are going on in your life that really you didn't want to eat you just needed God to meet with you you had things that were after you you had things that were burdening you and you're dry you need God's touch he says my tears that's all I'm eating they're my food Because I just need to hear. But in the same sense, as he's in this desperate place, his mind is speaking to him things that are not truth. And his mind speaks out and it says, where is your God? In this difficult situation, in this place where you're crying out, in the place where you need an answer so desperately, where is your God? Have you ever been in that place where you're asking the Lord for something, but your mind goes, well, I don't know if God's going to answer me or not. I don't know if he hears my cry. I don't know where he is. These little voices that come into our head. That's what's going on here. But the writer of this psalm is battling back and forth between those places. And he comes in verse 4, and he says, When I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me. For I used to go with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God, with the voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept a pilgrim feast. He says, Oh, I'm in such a desperate place, but I remember. Oh, I remember the time when I would go to the temple. I would go to church. Would you grab me a drink? Thank you. I would go to the church. I would go to the temple. I would go to the place with my fellow believers, and I would praise, and I would be joyful. He says, I remember the time that I I joined in with the multitude and kept the pilgrim feast. And as I was reading this, I thought about the joy that we come together to celebrate God's feast. Thank you very much. And I see that the writer of this psalm, you see, he's not, A person who doesn't know God. He knows God. He's been in a time of praise. He's been in a time of joy. He's been at the feast. And yet he's in a desperate situation. Verse 5 says, he's speaking again to his soul. And he says, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Why are you so disturbed? Why are you so cast down? And he's trying to give himself some cheerleading places. He says, hope in God, for I shall yet praise him. He's saying, I know I'm being tormented. I know the struggles that are around me. I know the depression. I know the despair. I know the difficulties. But he's saying, don't go down to that place, soul. He's saying, be lifted up. Don't be disturbed about this place. Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him. Have you ever been in that place when you're just so Beaten down, but you're going, Lord, I'm going to hope in you. For the help of his countenance. Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. We miss a little bit here by reading it in English. This word for the help is actually Yeshua. This word help is actually Jesus. It's actually salvation. It's actually deliverance. To be in his presence, in his countenance, to see his face. So we see in this place, he's trying to encourage himself. He says, hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for his salvation. For his deliverance. If I'm in his presence. If I'm in his countenance. Verse 6 says. Oh my God. My soul is cast down within me. He's just being really truthful. Isn't he? Therefore I will remember. I will remember you from the land of the Jordan and from the heights of Hermon, and from the hill of Mazar. I looked up these places a little bit to see what it was saying, and, and I believe what the Lord showed me is that he's seen, he's seen the places when they crossed over the land into the land from the, from the Jordan. He's seen the very presence of God work in his life all the way from the very highest places in Hermon to what is considered a very small hill in Mazar. I've seen you, God. I've seen you when you've done mighty things, and we've been on the mountaintops, and I've seen you there. And I've seen you, Lord, in the valleys, in the small hills. I've seen you. Verse 7 says, deep calls unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls. Deep calls unto deep. I believe the Lord began to show me that the deep places we're in, the places that bring chaos and destruction And darkness calls out into the deep places of the Lord. I want to give you a couple of scriptures to look at. Turn with me. Leave your marker here so that we'll come back to this. And turn with me to 1 Corinthians on page 1312. Let's start in verse 7 on the page before, on page 1311. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages of our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written eye has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him but God has revealed them to us through his spirit for the spirit searches all things yes the deep things of God But God has revealed them to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God, the deep places, the deep understanding, his wisdom that is beyond what we know. Turn with me to Jeremiah 33. It's on page 912. page nine, twelve, Jeremiah 33. Let's start in verse 1. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah a second time while he was still shut up in the court of the prison. So he's in prison saying, thus says the Lord who made it, the Lord who formed it to establish it. The Lord is his name. Call to me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you do not know. The deep things that God wants to show us in difficult times. Turn with me to one of my favorite Psalms, Psalms 91. It's on page 684. Psalm 91, page 684, starting in verse 14. It says, Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him. I will show him my salvation. And let's turn to Romans 1133, page 1305. Romans 11, verse 33. Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Oh, the depths of his riches, both of wisdom and knowledge of God, How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. As we turn back to um, your marker in Psalms 42 on page 646, I want you just to hear this place as we see this thing, this place of what he's saying here. Deep calls unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls. All your waves and billows have gone over me. I believe right in this place, the writer is writing from this desperate place and he's writing unto God. He's calling out to God, to the deep places of God to this very place, and it says, at the noise of your waterfall. I, I, I love this understanding because I believe what he's calling out for is this wisdom and this knowledge, this help in this situation. But God's understanding, God's wisdom, God's knowledge. And he says, he calls out at the noise of your waterfalls. I looked this up. And this word waterfalls, some places even use the word water spout. And this place, and then in some places it's used gutter. And, and it's this place where the water is all ushered down to one central place. Like the gutters on your house, are, the water is ushered down to one place and then it drains out and the lord gave me an understanding that this waterfall we saw a waterfall when we were in colorado this summer but it was a a gentle waterfall it wasn't very violent it wasn't it was just an easy waterfall very beautiful and we were sitting here and there's this little small brook below it and it's just gently coming down that is not the picture in this place that's not the picture He says, the noise of your waterfalls. This place is Niagara Falls. And I looked a picture up, and this water is just massively flowing over the waterfalls there. And and it is so violent that it's spraying up, and it's showering down on everything beneath it. And it's powerful. Powerful. That's I think, is what he's saying here. Is that in this desperate situation, he's crying out for the deep things of God. At the noise of the waterfall, Lord, send down your wisdom. Send down your knowledge. Send down your ways. And it says, all your waves and billows have gone over me. So I just thought about this place where this waterfall, this water is just gushing down. And this person is down here allowing it to just engulf him. It's just pounding him. That's what he's wanting. You see, he's calling out. He's screaming out. He's saying, this is what I need from you. I need in this desperate place for everything to fall on me. All your waves and billows have gone over me. The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. And in the night, his song shall be with me, a prayer to the God of my life. He's talking to himself. He's reminding himself right here of who God is. The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. He says there will be a day, there will be a time, where God the Lord will command his loving kindness. And in the night his song shall be with me. He's gonna be with me in the dark times. He's gonna be with me. And he's he's saying, This is my prayer to the God of my life. Verse nine says, I will say to God, my rock. He says, I will say to God, my rock. Why have you forgotten me? And why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a breaking of my bones, my enemy reproach me, while they say to me all day long, Where is your God? So, as powerfully as he came in the verse, eight and seven and eight and he is screaming out in this place and he's saying I need you Lord and you will be there for me in the daytime and you will be there for me in the nighttime then the voices inside of him come and they say I will say to God my rock my salvation I will ask him why have you done this to me and the voices inside his head began to speak again I had just gotten to this place of seeing God and knowing who he was. And all of a sudden, the voices in my head began to speak to me again. Oh, I've been there. When I know the truth and I say the truth and I bring the truth, and then the voices began to speak. And he says, I will say to to God, my rock, my salvation, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning? Because the oppression of the enemy. Why are you allowing these things to happen to me? As with the breaking of my bones, he said, this is very painful. My enemies reproach me. They're insulting me. They are disapproving of me. They are after me. While they say to me all day long, where is your God? So here you are in this desperate situation and your mind is all over this place and it is coming after you and it's saying, so where is your God? Why has he allowed you to be here? Why is this going on? Mocking him. The mind is so good at that. Verse 11 He speaks back and he says, why are you cast down, oh, my soul? And why are you disquieted within? He speaks back to the soul. He speaks back to the mind. And he says, why are you cast down? Why are you doing this to yourself? Why are you listening to these things? And why are you disquieted within me? Why are you so disturbed inside of me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. He finds victory here. He says, Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, for the Yeshua, for Jesus, for my salvation, for my deliverance. And then he says, Of my countenance. Earlier he talked about his countenance. In his presence. But he says the deliverance of my countenance. The deliverance of where I am. He's going to bring me out of this. And he's going to be my God. Hope in God. For I shall yet praise The help, he's confident in who this is. The help of my countenance and my God. As I read through this, I saw this place where this person in the deepest places needs the greatest things that only come from the Lord. And I went back and listened to the song Waterfall. And I believe that's where she's writing from. It starts off as it says, I heard of a river that's flowing from heaven. And I was reminded of our teaching from last week in John, where this flowing river is a representation of the Holy Spirit. It's symbolic of the Holy Spirit. And she said, I've heard of a, a river flowing from heaven, the Holy Spirit. And all who are thirsty will thirst no more. She wants a drink of this river. She says, I wonder if I can drink from this fountain. The least of 10,000, I come. I believe she's in this place. And she's riding this place, and she says, I need a drink from this fountain. I've heard about this river. I've heard that people who drink of this, that they're not thirsty anymore. I need this drink. But she says, I'm the least... Of ten thousand. Do I even qualify to have a drink? She says, Here at the waterfall I stand in awe. At the waterfall, crying out to the for the deep things of God the noise of the waterfall to come crashing down on her. She says, here at the waterfall, I stand in awe. I thought, yeah, I see this. The deep things of God, I desire them so desperately. I'm so thirsty. She's saying, I need a drink. I'm this place where this deer is. I'm panting. I'm desperate for the things of God. So I'm meeting him. And where am I going to meet him? At the waterfall. I need his wisdom. I need his knowledge. I need his ways. I need his guidance. I need it to come crashing down like billows. It would fall on me. She says, under the rock. Under the rock. Jesus. She says, I'm here. I'm under you, Jesus. I need these places and I'm standing right here under you, under the cross, she says. And then she says, where mercy and pardon, where mercy and pardon pour out. She says, oh Lord, I'm the least of 10,000. But I'm coming in under you. Because your mercy. She says, my unforgiveness. She says, my unforgiveness is like a sea. She says, I'm in a sea of unforgiveness. In this place where mercy and unforgiveness and your love rains down in this waterfall. Crashing down upon her. And then she says, everything lives where the water runs. If I can get to the waterfall, if I can cry out to God for the deep things, he'll meet me right there at the waterfall and that's where it'll pour off. And that's where it will all come flooding in and come down and pour over me. And then everything will live. Right there, I'll find life. I want to close with the scripture that we looked at last week. It's Ezekiel 47. It's on page 1015. Let's start in verse 6, page 1015, Ezekiel 47, verse 6. And he said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me and returned me to the banks of the river. And when I returned there along the bank of the river were very many trees, on one side and on the other and he said to me this water flows towards the eastern region goes down into the valley and enters the sea and when it reaches the sea its waters are healed and it shall be that everything that moves wherever the river goes will live There will be a great multitude of fish because these waters go there, for they will be healed and everything will live wherever the river goes. You see, Psalm 42 starts out with a desperate situation, I believe. A man writing the Psalms is In a desperate place. The world is after him. It's chasing him. There are irritations, no. There are uh, tormenting spirits. There are problems. There are sickness. There's disease. There is frustration. There's all kinds of the battles that we face in this world. And they're after him. And he's battling in his mind back and forth. And they're tormenting him and they're saying, where is your God? But he gets to the place where his hope is truly in Yeshua, in salvation, in deliverance. In this place where when he finds himself in the river, in the waterfall, in the depths of what God has for him, There's life. There is life. It's far more than just freedom. It's life. So I pray that if you are struggling today, if you are in this place, I pray that you would come to the waterfall, that the depths of God's wisdom His knowledge, His love, His mercy will fall on you. And you will find yourself in a sea of forgiveness. If there's a place that our elders can pray with you and join you as God brings you into this place of living... Our elders would love to join with you. Stand with me, please.
6: all who are thirsty would thirst no more. I wonder if I can drink of this fountain, the least of 10,000 See